Hello everyone, this is Vartok again with another Music in Sci-Fi guest podcast. It is March 5th, 2017, and you are listening to Treks in Sci-Fi podcast number 626. Thanks again, Rico, for allowing me to indulge in yet another music podcast for the Treks in Sci-Fi community. For today's podcast, I'm going to talk about American composer and conductor John Debney. John was born in Burbank, California on August 18, 1956, making him 60 years old today. He is considered one of the most prolific and successful composers in Hollywood today. His unique ability to create memorable work across a variety of film and TV genres, as well as his reputation for being remarkably collaborative, have made him the first choice of top-level producers and directors. I am pretty sure many of you recognize the opening track as the main title to the TV show Sequest DSV, which ran for three seasons starting in 1993. However, let's begin with John's background and upbringing, starting with... I am absolutely sure all of you recognize the Disney theme song, When You Wish Upon a Star, which was composed by Ned Washington and Lee Harleen and introduced in the 1940 Walt Disney movie, Pinocchio, for the character of Jiminy Cricket. So why did I play that tune? Well, John lived in Glendale, California, where his father, Louis Debney, worked as a musician and producer at Disney Studios for over 40 years, producing shows such as Zorro and the Mickey Mouse Club. Let's hear John talk about his childhood days in his own words from this 2012 Movie Geeks United interview. And I grew up out here, and my dad worked at Disney Studios for really quite a while, about 40 years total. And... Is, was just a wonderful guy. He was the producer on things like Zorro, the Mickey Mouse Club, uh, the mm. original Wonderful World of Color. Just a great guy and had a great career there at Disney. And I grew up sort of in, in that family, as it were, that kind of idyllic um, Disney family. I remember some of my earliest memories were walking around Disney Studios with my dad as a kid and bumping into a very nice chap named Mr. Walt Disney. and Having a dad who worked at Disney Studios had its advantages, as John tells us in the same interview. My dad, at least back then, if you worked at the studio, you, you were really lucky because you'd get to bring home on weekends 16-millimeter prints of things like Bambi and things like mm. 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And so, you know, I would be I was quite privileged to sort of We'd have movie night, and I remember quite early on, I think it was 20,000 Leagues, that I remember watching one night in the dark and seeing that those incredible sort of very foreboding lights under the, you know. Mm-hmm. So there was something going on, I think, 
magically for me in my head subconsciously. Um, so I think that that was sort of a, a, a big influence for me. John's introduction into music started at the early age of six. Let's listen once more. Well, it, it did start for me at a very early age. I started playing guitar sort of by osmosis, as I guess a lot of us pick up things that we you know do through life. My mom uh, played guitar. My dad was a pianist. And I started playing guitar around age six and then, you know, did what a lot of us do growing up in the 70s, in, you know, 60s and later 70s, teenage years. Um, I started playing in rock and roll bands and had aspirations and dreams of, I guess, one day playing in some big, you know, big well-known rock group. Um, that was sort of my road, and I, and I played a lot of top 40 bands throughout my teenage years. Then I would say once I got into to college, um, I was a double major acting in drama and music, and slowly but surely just realized, uh, I think around junior year, that music was my, my love and my passion. The year or so after college, I really started to gravitate towards um, doing something in TV and film, and I actually started and got a, a few of my first breaks by being an orchestrator on a lot of, you know, those great shows that we remember from sort of the late 70s and early 80s. Two weeks after John earned his Bachelor of Arts degree in music composition from the California Institute of Arts in 1979, he got a job in the copying department at Disney. One day, Buddy Baker saw him and had him arrange music that would later be used for different pavilions and rides at the Epcot Center in Florida. In 1982, he composed music for two episodes of Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color. And in 1983, music for the TV movie documentary Backstage at Disney. And in 1984, Donald Duck's 50th birthday. And between 1984 and 85, John composed music to five episodes of the TV documentary titled The Disney Family Album. After those first four years, John left Disney and freelanced for famed television composer Mike Post. Between 1985 and 1987, John composed music to 29 episodes of the TV series Fame. In 1986, John composed music to one episode each for The Twilight Zone and for Cagney and Lacey, a police TV series about two New York City police detectives. Debney furthered his hands-on training by working with Hanna-Barbera composer Hoyt Curtin, who created the theme songs for The Flintstones, Top Cat, The Jetsons, Johnny Quest, The Smurfs, and more. In 1988, John provided music for 14 episodes of Police Academy, the series. But let's back up. John would be the first to tell you that he slowly worked his way up the ladder to A-list Hollywood composer. After graduating, he had worked in the copying department, then as an orchestrator for other composers, and then slowly getting his own TV music composer assignments. Although Debney began his career scoring primarily music for television, around the late 80s and early 90s, he made an effort to seek out more feature film assignments. With over 185 credits in the IMDb, I just won't be able to cover or even mention all of John's prolific work. Moving ahead to 1990, John provided the soundtrack to a Hanna-Barbera animated film 
where George Jetson is forced to uproot his family to take charge of a new factory on a distant planet with Jetson's The Movie. Here is the instantly recognizable main title using White Curtain's Jetson Q. Although John may have left Disney as an employee after four years, he has maintained a close association to the company throughout his career. By my count, John has collaborated with Disney at least 18 times during his career. Continuing his collaboration with Hanna-Barbera, John was asked to provide the score to the 1993 animated TV movie, Johnny's Golden Quest. Dr. Quest, Race Bannon, Johnny, and Haji help a little girl find her missing father, a scientist kidnapped by Dr. Zinn. Here is the brassy adventure track, Escape in Rome.
John then composed music for four episodes of The Young Writers, a Western TV series that presents a fictionalized account of a group of young Pony Express writers during the years leading up to the Civil War. John won an Emmy in 1991 for Outstanding Achievement in Music Composition for a series for this effort. For Star Trek fans, I'm happy to say that John Debney composed music for two episodes of the first season of Deep Space Nine in 1993. The first was for episode 11, titled The Nagus, where retiring Grand Nagus Zek announces that Quark will be his successor over his own son. This was the first appearance of the Ferengi Grand Nagus Zek and his plans to expand Ferengi business into the Gamma Quadrant but most of you already knew that. The second episode was episode number 15, titled Progress, where Major Kira has to deal with a stubborn father who refuses to leave his home, even though it's slated for demolition in order to tap the moon's core for much-needed electricity. Here is the track Yamak Sauce from the episode Progress. <laughs> It's amazing to me how closely John was able to remain true to the soundscape created by composer Dennis McCarthy for Deep Space Nine. In 1993, John scored his first Disney Studio feature, the comedy Hocus Pocus, starring Bette Midler, Kathy Najimy, and Sarah Jessica Parker, a Halloween fantasy comedy horror film about three witches accidentally resurrected by a teenager in Salem, Massachusetts. Its annual airings of Halloween have since made it a cult film. Here is the fast-paced opening main title to Hocus Pocus.
Then, in 1993, John composed the stirring adventure music for Sequest DSV, which has since been renamed Sequest 2032. I played the theme song as the opening track to this podcast. John received an Emmy Award for Sequest in 1994. Continuing his exploration into the Star Trek soundscape, John composed a score to one episode of Star Trek The Next Generation in 1994, with his music for episode number 12 of season 7, titled The Pegasus. The Enterprise is sent to recover the Pegasus, a Federation starship that contained experimental technology of vital strategic importance and which was also in William Riker's first posting upon leaving the Starfleet Academy. Here's part of the incidental background track, Secret Weapon, creating a sense of mysterious foreboding. As you can easily tell, unless the track is the main theme or a battle scene, the director has asked for background music that creates the atmosphere for the action on the screen, or in other words, incidental music. In 1995, Debney composed music for the Claude Van Damme action movie Sudden Death. Up next for John was his swashbuckling score for Cutthroat Island, also in 1995. The score is one of John's all-time personal favorites that he has composed, and one highly admired by fans of the pirate film score genre. Unfortunately, the film bombed at the box office, earning $10 million on a budget of $98 million. The film's score is one of the few aspects of the film that has been critically acclaimed. Comparing it to the classic works of Eric Korngold, who composed soundtracks for Captain Blood, The Seahawk, and The Sea Wolf. See if you don't also find this totally enjoyable with main title, Morgan's Ride.
A year later, in 1996, John produced and provided incidental music to the Doctor Who TV movie. Also in 1996, he composed the music for the pilot episode of The Cape, for which he won an Emmy in 1997 for Outstanding Music Composition for a Series. Around the same time, John began to focus more and more on movies' film scores and much less on television work. Although he started to provide music for TV video shorts with tie-ins to the movie films. However, since 2012, John seems to have gravitated back to composing for TV series once again. In 1997, John composed a score for The Relic, a science fiction horror film about a homicide detective and an anthropologist who work together to destroy a South American lizard god who just happens to be on a people-eating rampage in a Chicago museum. In 1997, John's music connected with Jim Carrey for the first of two collaborations with Liar Liar, a box office success earning over $330 million worldwide. Critic Roger Ebert gave the film three stars and stated, I am gradually developing a suspicious, or perhaps it is a fear, that Jim Carrey is growing on me. John credits Liar Liar as his first big film break. Here is the stirring and uplifting track, Love Theme Medley. Following year, in 1998, John provided the score to Polly, a delightful adventure fantasy comedy film about a disobedient bird named Polly. 
an intelligent-talking blue-crowned conure, who is on a quest to return to his owner, Marie. Here is a part of John's spirit-lifting and inspirational track, Polly's Big Flight. The original My Favorite Martian TV series, starring Ray Walton as Uncle Martin the Martian and Bill Bixby as newspaper reporter Tim O'Hara, aired 107 episodes between 1963 and 1966. George Greeley composed the original theme music, which was performed on a theremin by Paul Tanner, a former member of the Glenn Miller Band. Thirty-six years later, in 1999, My Favorite Martian the Movie was released to John's score. While much of the score is incidental background music, here is one of my favorite tracks, Martian Mambo, with a happy-go-lucky sound accompanied by bongos.
Continuing the trend of bringing TV series to the big screen saw the release of Inspector Gadget, also in 1999. Based on the comic of the same name, the animated TV series ran for two seasons between 1983 and 1985, with the voice of Don Adams as the bumbling bionic police inspector who stumbles about trying to solve cases while his niece Penny and dog Brain secretly do all the real investigative work. The original theme song for the TV series was written by Shuki Levi and Haim Saban, who later composed lots of music for the Power Rangers series. Matthew Broderick was cast in the role of Inspector Gadget for the 1999 movie. Here is the Gadget theme song, utilizing the original cue from the animated series. interview, John noted that one of his dream assignments would be to work on a big superhero movie. Well, in 1999, John was given his first opportunity for a big production in End of Days, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. The film follows former New York Police Department detective Jericho Kane, played by Schwarzenegger, who saves a banker from an assassin, finds himself embroiled in a religious conflict and then must protect an innocent young woman who is chosen by evil forces to conceive the Antichrist with Satan. Although receiving negative reviews, 11% on Rotten Tomatoes, the $100 million budget film grossed over $212 million. Arnold himself received a payday of $25 million for his role, and his name likely helped at the box office. Here is John's haunting track titled, Redemption.
Debney has a reputation as a composer who does excellent work for children, television, and movies. In 2000 came his score to Disney's The Emperor's New Groove. When a teenage Inca emperor is transformed into a llama by his ex-advisor and henchman, he must find the right potion to be turned back into a human again. Debney was nominated for an Annie Award for Individual Achievement in Music Score. Here is one of my favorite tracks titled Run, Llama, Run, a jazzy tune with a clarinet solo that you could easily associate with Disney. year saw the release of another children's family movie with Spy Kids. It was an all-star composer's cast, including John Debney, Danny Elfman, Harry Gregson-Williams, Robert Rodriguez, and others. Ingrid and Gregorio Cortez are rival spies who fall in love. They retire and have two children, 12-year-old Carmen and 9-year-old Junie. They work for the Organization of Super Spies, or OSS. However, their children have no idea of their parents' previous career as spies. The next track, Pod Chase, is a collaboration between Debney, Elfman, and Gregson Williams that just exudes spy thriller cues.
Following the romantic comedy movie Heartbreakers, starring Sigourney Weaver, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Ray Liotta, Jason Lee, and Gene Hackman, came Cats and Dogs, yet another children's family film. Cats and Dogs is a family action comedy film that depicts the relationships between cats and dogs as bitter rivals, in which both sides use organization and tactics that mirror those in human espionage. An all-star cast provided the voices. The film was a box office success, earning over $200 million worldwide. Here is John's main title to the film, which is clearly includes an homage to the Mission Impossible theme by Lalo Schifrin. John's next effort was the score to Disney's The Princess Diaries, directed by Gary Marshall and starring a young Anne Hathaway as the future Princess Mia and Julie Andrews as Queen Rinaldi. Mia, living in San Francisco with her mother, is about to find out she has royal blood and is heir to the throne of Genovia. John won an ASCAP award for the top box office film in 2002 for his score. Here is the beautiful the Princess Diaries Waltz in the form of a classic Disney sound.
later, John would reprise his role as composer for Disney's Princess Diaries 2's Royal Engagement. Now, continuing his run of children's family movie scores was the score for the animated film Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius. The film starts off with a rocket carrying two boys, Jimmy Neutron and Carl Weezer, and a robotic dog named Goddard. Jimmy is attempting to launch a communications satellite made out of a toaster, hoping to communicate with an alien species he believes exists somewhere out in the universe, despite his parents' protests about not talking to strangers. Unknown to anyone, the satellite is picked up near the planet Yolkus, home to an alien race called the Yolkians. King Gubat V and his assistant Ublar watch a pre-recorded message from Jimmy, featuring him introducing himself and explaining about life on Earth. Patrick Stewart provided the voice of King Gubat V. Here is the action-filled Escape from the Big Planet. After the Disney Northern Adventure film Snow Dogs in 2002 came John's score for Dragonfly, also in 2002. John's next epic super blockbuster film arrived in 2002 in the form of The Scorpion King, 
featuring Dwayne Johnson, a.k.a. The Rock, who plays a desert warrior that rises up against the evil army that is destroying his homeland. He captures the enemy's key sorcerer, takes her deep into the desert, and prepares for a final showdown. Although having an average film rating, the movie was a commercial success, earning $165 million versus a budget of $60 million. It was Johnson's first leading role, and he was paid $5.5 million, the highest amount ever for a first-time actor. Here is Debney's hard rock upbeat track, Boo! In 2002, John Debney and Robert Rodriguez reprised as the co-composers for Spy Kids 2, Island of Lost Dreams, with nearly all of the original actors back to reprise their roles. Interesting, the tracks were performed by the Texas Philharmonic Orchestra and recorded in the auditorium of a local high school in Austin, Texas. The sixth feature film score for John Debney in 2002 was to the martial arts comedy action film The Tuxedo, starring Jackie Chan and Jennifer Love Hewitt. It is a spy spoof that involves a special tuxedo that grants its wearer special abilities and a corporate terrorist threatening to poison the United States' fresh water supply with bacteria that spills electrolytes into the blood and totally dehydrates the host. The Tuxedo is a gadget capable of granting its wearer special abilities including martial arts, speed, the ability to dance, and various acrobatics. Initially scored by Christoph Beck, John Debney was brought in to rescore the film, incorporating Beck's thematic material. Both composers ultimately had cues included in the final version. Ten of the tracks are credited to Debney and eight to Beck. Here's the funky spy theme track, Jimmy's Tuck, by Debney. Activate wristwatch for desired function. Caution demolition mode.
mapping users' neurological structure. Activate wristwatch. Debney's last score for 2002 was for the film The Hot Chick. John's second project in 2003 was for the comedy film Bruce Almighty, John's second film collaboration starring Jim Carrey. Carrey, playing the role of down-on-his-luck reporter Bruce Nolan, is offered by God, played by Morgan Freeman, to take on his deity powers, resulting in really funny gags showcasing Carrey's comedic genius. The film was also a great box office success, earning over $484 million on a $81 million budget. By comparison, the 2007 spinoff, Evan Almighty, did not do nearly as well. Once again, the score was a mixture of rock singles and Debney's tracks. Here is John's track, End Credits.
The year 2003 did see John Debney's first collaboration with director John Favreau for the film Elf. In total, John has collaborated with Favreau, as of this podcast, on four of the director's eight films. In Hollywood, it is not unusual to find that when a director and a composer find they work well together, to see them working on films together for years to come, supporting each other's vision. Favreau's Elf stars Will Ferrell, James Kahn, Zoe Deschanel, Mary Steenburgen, Daniel Tay, Ed Asner, and Bob Newhart. The story is about one of Santa's elves, played by Farrell, who learns of his true identity as a human and goes to New York City to meet his biological father, spreading Christmas cheer in a world of cynics as he goes. The soundtrack features many Christmas classic songs from years past and is the second best-selling film soundtrack holiday album hybrid only behind the Polar Express. John's score was released on a separate CD by Boris Saraband. Here is the spirit uplifting track, Buddy and Santa's Flight. In 2004, John hooked up with Mel Gibson to score the soundtrack to the biblical epic drama film The Passion of the Christ. Although John was well known within the industry as a versatile and talented composer, it was this film that gained him notoriety as a player. The film primarily covers the final 12 hours of Jesus' life, beginning with the agony in the Garden of Gethsemane, the insomnia and grievance of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and ending with a brief depiction of his resurrection. Flashbacks of Jesus as a child and as a young man with Mary his mother, giving the Sermon on the Mount, teaching the Twelve Apostles, and at the Last Supper are some of the most notable images depicted. The film has been controversial and received mixed reviews, with some critics finding the extreme violence distracting and excessive. However, the film was a major commercial hit, grossing $612 million during its theatrical release. It is still the highest-grossing R-rated film in the United States, and received three Academy Award nominations in 2005. John was nominated for Best Original Score, but lost to Finding Neverland by Jan Kaczmarek. John did win an ASCAP Henry Mancini Award. Let's hear John talking about collaborating with Mel Gibson from a 2009 interview on YouTube. There were times when he wanted me to be more free than I've ever been. And other times when he wanted to be very, very careful and precise with each moment. It was very interesting. It's much different uh, for me. That, that process with Mel was much different than 
most other directors that I've worked with. And yet ultimately I feel that Mel pulled out of me some of my best work. And finally, here is the inspirational track, Resurrection, featuring ethnic instruments, percussions, and a full choir accompaniment. Since this has been John's sole Academy Award-nominated score to date, I'm going to include the entire track.
The year 2004 turned out to be one of John's busiest, with 15 listings in the IMDb. Yes, nine of those were video shorts. However, combining that was the effort for The Passion of the Christ and his scores to The Whole Ten Yards, Raising Helen, Princess Diaries 2, and Christmas with the Cranks, he was one busy composer. In 2005, John worked composers Graham Ravel and Robert Rodriguez to create the score to Frank Miller's Sin City, a neo-noir crime anthology film written, produced, and directed by Frank Miller and John's friend Robert Rodriguez. It was based on the comic of the same name and is about the brutal rampage of a man in search of his one-time sweetheart's killer, killing everyone and anyone who gets in his way, including the police. The film's three main stories were each scored by an individual composer. Ravel scored The Hard Goodbye, Debney scored The Big Fat Kill, and Rodriguez scored That Yellow Bastard. Additionally, Rodriguez co-scored with the other two composers on several tracks. The film stars an amazing ensemble cast, led by Bruce Willis, Mickey Rourke, Clive Owen, Jessica Alba, Benicio Del Toro, Brittany Murphy, and Elijah Wood and also featuring Michael Clark Duncan, Rosario Dawson, Rutger Hauer, among others. Yeah. Robert Ebert awarded the film four out of four stars, describing it as a visualization of the pulp noir imagination, uncompromising and extreme. Yes, and brilliant. Several critics, including Ebert, compared the film favorably to other comic book adaptations, particularly Batman and Hulk. Here is the second half of Debney's foreboding and harsh track titled The Big Fat Kill. was also very busy in 2005, providing soundtracks to a total of eight films. Next up was the not-so-well-received The Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl 3D, a science-fantasy-comedy superhero adventure film written and directed by Robert Rodriguez. Moving ahead, next was the soundtrack to Dreamer, inspired by a true story, a family sports drama film starring Kurt Russell, Chris Christopherson, Elizabeth Shue, and Dakota Fanning. 
It is inspired by the true story of an injured thoroughbred racehorse named Mariah Storm, who heals and eventually goes on to win the Breeders' Cup Classic. Demonstrating John's ability to write feel-good family genre music is the track Theme from Dreamer, featuring a piano solo by Michael Lang, accompanied by Joshua Bell on violin. I love it. Once again in 2005, John provided another animated children's family movie score for Disney's Chicken Little, with the tagline, The End is Near. It was Disney's first fully computer-animated feature film, as Pixar's films were distributed but not produced by Disney, and Dinosaur in 2000 was a combination of live action and computer animation. Chicken Little was the last Disney film produced by Walt Disney Feature Animation before the studio was renamed Walt Disney Animation Studios. With a huge budget of $150 million, Chicken Little grossed $314 million worldwide. Noted voice cast members included Patrick Stewart as Mr. Woolensworth, Don Knotts as Turkey Lurkey, and Adam West as Ace, among others. Once again, popular hit songs by other artists were included along with the score by John. Here's John's thoughtful and wistful track, Driving with Dad.
Next up in 2005 for Debney was The Fura, A Space Adventure, a science fantasy adventure film directed by John Favreau and loosely based on the illustrated book The Fura by Chris Van Ellsberg, author of Jumanji. The film follows two young brothers who are drawn into an intergalactic adventure when their house is hurled through the depths of space by a magical board game they are playing. John once again delivers a rousing, almost swashbuckling theme with main titles from the film. very stirring, right? After composing for Cheaper by the Dozen 2, John provided a score for the 2006 computer-animated film The Ant Bully, an adventure fantasy comedy film based upon the 1999 children's book of the same name by John Nichol. In 2007, John jumped feet first into providing a score for Lair, his first attempt at scoring for a video game. And wow, what a fantastic result! The score was performed with a 90-piece orchestra at Abbey Road Studios in London. Lair's soundtrack received critical acclaim, with some calling it one of the strongest of video game scores. A review on Track Sounds gave the soundtrack a score of 10 out of 10, the highest possible score. Scorenotes.com also reviewed the soundtrack and gave it a full score. Several critics also compared the tracks to some of the works in Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace by John Williams. Debney states that he was interested in writing music for a video game after seeing what Michael Giacchino had accomplished in the game Medal of Honor. 
In the game, the player assumes the role of a dragon-riding knight named Roan Partridge. Now see what you think of this epic lair main title. That was excellent. The film Evan Almighty was released in 2007 with John's soundtrack. As I mentioned earlier, it was not as well received with Steve Carell playing the lead role of a modern-day Noah, building an ark for an upcoming flood. Morgan Freeman reprised his role as God for the film. The film cost $175 million to create and just broke even in the box office. Sixteen of the music tracks were once again popular hits by other artists, with the balance of the score by Debney. Here is a part of John's track, Acts of Random Kindness, demonstrating his ability to add strong religious overtones.
Second out of the shoot in 2008 for Debney was his score for the film Meet Dave, a comedy science fiction film starring Eddie Murphy. Meet Dave was written under the title Starship Dave, but studio executives insisted upon a title change, in part because of the poor box office performance of The Adventures of Pluto Nash, a 2002 science fiction comedy that also starred Eddie Murphy. Executives also wanted the title changed because they felt having any semblance of science fiction in the title would isolate a large percentage of the audience. Passing over My Best Friend's Girl, Hotel for Dogs, and Hannah Montana the Movie, we come to John's next sci-fi score with Aliens in the Attic, released in 2009. The plot revolves around the children in the Pearson family having to defend their vacation house against a group of aliens planning on invasion of Earth, until one of the aliens named Sparks betrays his fellow aliens and joins the Pearson children in battle. The film's reviews were mixed with a 31% on Rotten Tomatoes, so not so good. Here is Debney's main title track for the film, with a definite upbeat sound, one that soundtrack movie critic would say is so John Debney and perfect for its genre. One of John's biggest opportunities to date to score a big superhero movie came in 2010 with Iron Man 2. Two soundtracks have been released for the movie, so be sure to get the one you want. Australian hard rock band ACDC released one soundtrack featuring 15 tracks from 10 different ACDC albums, ranging from 1975 to 2008, all of whom which were remixed by Mike Frazier for possible film inclusion. Only two songs, Shoot to Thrill and Highway to Hell, were used completely in the film. Apparently, director John Favreau's vision and passion for ACDC music was the reason for their inclusion. A second soundtrack release features 23 tracks by John Debney's and two tracks by Richard Sherman. 
Six other tracks included in the movie were not released in either soundtrack release. Well, that's a lot of music for one film. Here is John's track appropriately titled, I Am Iron Man, which sounds to me a whole lot like an homage to Jerry Goldsmith's Total Recall. Two of John's greatest influences have been Jerry Goldsmith and John Williams. Continuing to create music for the sci-fi audience, John provided the soundtrack for Predators in 2010. The film follows an ensemble cast of characters, including Royce, a mercenary, who appears in an unidentified jungle among other murderers and otherwise undesirable people. They find that they have been abducted and placed on a planet which acts as a game reserve for two warring tribes of extraterrestrial killers and then actively look for a way to return to Earth. The original film in the franchise was the singular name of Predator, and 1987 was Arnold Schwarzenegger, one of my favorite alien encounter films. Predator 2, followed in 1990, was AVP Alien vs. Predator in 2004, and then Predators in 2010. The next of the franchise will be titled The Predator, with a February 2018 forecasted release. Well, they certainly don't make it easy to remember the order of these names, do they? According to producer Robert Rodriguez, the title Predators, plural, is an allusion to the second film in the Alien franchise, Aliens, which just added the S. Once again, John Debney hooked up with Robert Rodriguez for the score. Debney recorded many custom sounds and instruments, including Tibetan longhorns to create squeals and screams. Here is the track, Predator Attack.
After scoring the family comedy film Yogi Bear in 2010, John provided the score to the 2011 romantic comedy film No Strings Attached, starring Natalie Portman and Ashton Kutcher. John's second venture into video game music came in 2011, with the release of Sims Medieval from Electronic Arts. Set in medieval times, it allows the player to build a kingdom through quest-driven gameplay. To support this historic setting, the game's developers shifted the music from light jazz tune to mellow renaissance imitations. Video Game Music Online notes the track Arise Watcher is an impressive centerpiece for Debney's score for the game. Blending traditional instrumentation with orchestral performances, the track impresses with its production values and suitably sets the tone. Now here is part of Arise Watchers. In 2012, John was asked to score A Thousand Words, another Eddie Murphy comedy drama. Interestingly, it was released four years after it was filmed in 2008. Eddie plays Jack McCall, a literary agent who uses his gift of gab to get various book deals, and he is not afraid to stretch the truth to get them. While he is trying to get a book deal from a New Age self-help guru named Dr. Sinja, the guru sees through his deceit and agrees to a deal only to later deliver a five-page book. That night, a Bodhi tree magically appears in his backyard. Dr. Sinja goes to Jack's house, and they both discover that for every word that Jack says, a leaf will fall off the tree. When the tree runs out of leaves, the tree will perish, as will Jack. Here is a part of John's track titled, Redemption.
In 2012, John provided the score to The Three Stooges. At this point in his career, John seems to have once again gravitated back towards television series work, starting with his music for all three episodes of The Hatfields and McCoys miniseries, which aired on the History Channel. Tony Morales collaborated with Debney on the score, with additional music provided by Kevin Costner and Modern West, a rock country band Kevin founded in 2007. Listen to this track, Love Theme, credit to both John and Tony. John's training on the guitar likely influenced this track.
Also in 2012, John switched genre again with a score to the crime-action thriller film Alex Cross. Steve Jobs passed on October 5, 2011. You know you've had an impact on the world when a biographical film appears only 15 months later. The film starred Ashton Kutcher, who was given good reviews for his portrayal for Jobs, although others criticized the film and its historical inaccuracies. Here is part of the energizing track Steve's theme, main title. In 2013, John once again returned to television with his scoring for the two-part miniseries titled Bonnie and Clyde, about the Great Depression-era outlaws Bonnie Parker and Clyde Barrow. Moving ahead to 2014, John provided a score to the American sports drama film Draft Day, directed by Ivan Reitman. In 2014, John was back scoring for another miniseries, this time for the two-part History Channel miniseries titled Houdini. The series stars Adrian Brody as Harry Houdini and features the life of the legendary illusionist and escape artist from poverty to worldwide fame. A lifelong fan of Harry Houdini, Debney joined the project at the suggestion of a producer with whom he had previously collaborated on the A&E miniseries Bonnie and Clyde. Rather than compose a period score for the series, Debney instead elected to write an electronic contemporary score with instruments from the period that would give you the flavor of the times and give you the feeling for who this guy really was. Here is its electronic contemporary track, Impressive Shtick.
skipping ahead a few projects, John Neckpick Project was producing a score for the SpongeBob movie, Sponge Out of Water, in 2015. A 3D animated adventure comedy children's film, it went on to gross $323 million worldwide. Another project for Debney in 2015 was his score for the mystery thriller film Broken Horses. Returning to a television miniseries once again with the History Channel, John, along with collaborator Bruce Broughton, brought a first-rate score for Texas Rising, a five-part series that aired in 2015. The series stars Bill Paxton, who just died recently, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Ray Liotta, Brendan Fraser, Olivier Martinez, and Cynthia Adai Robinson. The miniseries is based upon the Texas Revolution against Mexico and how the Texas Rangers were created. It was nominated for Best Original Score for a Television Series by the International Film Music Critics Association and for an Emmy for Outstanding Original Main Title Theme Song. The soundtrack is now one of my favorite John Debney efforts and perfectly represents the Wild West genre for me. Here is the Texas Rising main theme by John Debney and Bruce Broughton. In 2015, John scored 15 episodes of the TV series American Odyssey, a series that revolves around the discovery by a U.S. Army team on a secret mission in Mali that a major U.S. company has been funding Islamist terror groups and the subsequent cover-up of this revolution, which involves the attack and killing of a team of U.S. soldiers by private military contractors dispatched by the same company. Next, he scored The Young Messiah a biblical drama film based upon the novel Christ the Lord Out of Egypt by Anne Rice. After composing music for director Gary Marshall's final film, Mother's Day, in 2016, John provided the score to Disney's live-action remake, The Jungle Book, easily the highest-grossing film that John has ever been associated with, earning $967 million worldwide. His fourth collaboration with director John Favreau, Debney drew cues from the original music by George Brunn. The songs The Bare Necessities, I Want to Be Like You, and Trust in Me 
are recreated and performed by the voice actors such as Scarlett Johansson, Christopher Walken, and Bill Murray. The movie has received critical acclaim, especially for its visual effects. Debney's score, the performances of the voice cast, Favreau's direction, and its faithfulness to the original animated film. Here is John's track, The Jungle Book Closes. to cover one last project for John before wrapping up this podcast. Again, being well known for scoring children's family movies, John was asked to score the music for Ice Age Collision Course, the fifth film in the Ice Age franchise. The film's tagline was, Kiss Your Ice Goodbye. However, after earning $408 million worldwide, I bet you haven't seen the last of this franchise. Normally, John Powell should have scored this film, but he was busy, and so the nod went to John Debney. By the way, I plan to cover composer John Powell in my next guest podcast, assuming Rico keeps the Treks and Sci-Fi podcast going, which I and all the other fans certainly hope he does. Here's John's jazzy romp and credits to Collision Course. has a specialty, it's that he can and does handle any kind of assignment, from child-oriented adventure films, animation, suspense, comedy, action martial arts, sprawling epic, and nearly every other subcategory. In addition to his composing projects, Debney has more recently embarked on a series of recordings of classic film scores for Boris Saraban. 
conducting works like Superman, The Towering Inferno, The Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, Titanic, and Back to the Future, with the Royal Scottish National Orchestra. He enjoys retaining as much of the original score's personalities as possible. John is still going strong and has a number of projects in the works. In 2017, he is providing the music to the Netflix series Santa Clarita Diet, providing the score to a political thriller film High Wire Act, and the soundtrack to the animation film Captain Underpants, the first epic movie. Now there's a superhero film you would just have to see to appreciate. Well, that's it for this Music and Sci-Fi Guest podcast. I sincerely hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed researching, writing, and producing it. Next week, Rico and Kenny will be back with yet another Harry Potter joint podcast, providing their thoughts and insights to Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Until then, this is Bartok saying thanks for listening. I will end this podcast as I started it with a track from Sequest DSV, or should I say Sequest 2032, with To Be or Not To Be, Bridger's Dream.